The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. And welcome to Sports Info UM. Hey, Coach, there's a whole lot of stuff going on in the world of sports. You know, we saw this titter-tatter on the strip, that thing they call the fight, the big fight that a whole lot of people made a whole lot of money from, except the fans, the people that paid the money to see this thing and thought we were going to see a big explosion. And we saw nothing more than a sparkler compared to the lights of Las Vegas. What's happening, Coach Gordon Roberts? Well, buddy, um, yeah, it was a disappointing fight, you know, especially when you get hundreds of millions of dollars. I don't know how much they cleared, but going in, there was a lot of money. Well, yeah, I don't know how much they cleared either. You know, both of these guys probably made well over, um, uh, uh, both of these guys made over $100 million. And um, that's, that's, no, that's no Swiss cheese, you know what I'm saying, Coach? <laughs> no, man. That's a lot of bucks. Yeah, that, that's a lot of money, you know. And um, and and I I watched the fight from beginning to end, and uh, as a matter of fact, probably the most entertaining part of the fight was uh, the way they came into the ring. You know, Manny Pacquiao he comes into the ring with Jimmy Kimmel running behind him. He's like he's right in Manny Pacquiao's entourage, and his head is bouncing up and down. You know, he's he's bouncing up and down. He's coming into the ring. And it, it was funny. Matter of fact, Pacquiao stops, takes a selfie with his with his trainer, and then proceeds on to the ring. Floyd Mayweather, he comes in even in, in an even more comical way. To me, you think that Jimmy Kimmel, the comedian on a late night TV, is comical. Floyd Mayweather comes in. You ever seen that commercial with the King, the Burger King guy? Yeah. The King. The Burger right. King King. Right. He comes in with the King behind him, man. I mean, the Burger King King is walking in the ring with, with Floyd, May, Floyd Money Mayweather. The Burger King King. I don't know, like... It's like you the king, I guess Burger King King represents you or I don't know how the whole thing went down. And I'm sure, you know, I, I need to do a little more deep deeper uh digging into that to find out what the king had to do with this whole thing, coach. But uh he walks in with the king and um the fight was was not much of a of, of a fight, you know. Pretty anticlimactic. Yeah. It, it, it was anticlimactic, I'd I'd have to say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there we we've been suckered as fans for years over some big fights, 
some some not so. You know, uh, Ali Foreman always gave us a good show. Uh, you know, there were good good other times, but uh, this was not one of them. You know, when it when you consider it's the highest paid fight ever. No, no, it was it was not a very good fight, and um, you know, I guess some of the fights that that have not went out to be the big big fights. I remember the um, the uh, I I, th- I talk about this fight all the time because it was probably one of the most exciting fights of my life, and that was the Buster Douglas Mike Tyson fight. You yeah, know? and I, and I guess because I probably I I just knew where I was, I knew. Um, what I, where I was, I, I knew how long I waited to see this fight, and everybody thought that Mike Tyson was just this big, he was a bully, you know, but that lived up to the hype, and it wasn't, very, it wasn't much hype into it. Everybody thought Mike Tyson was going to crush um, Buster Douglas, you know, and I guess we all looking for that in, in the world of boxing is that we all thought that um, Floyd Mayweather was going was gonna to beat Pacquiao. But we want a Pacquiao to step up and be that Buster Douglas. We're still looking for somebody to to show us the 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 guy that's not supposed to beat the champion come out and 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 beat the champion, you know. And 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 Pacquiao didn't do that either. Um, he he just really, to me, he 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 looked almost like he was kind of satisfied with um, with making the money, you know. Oh yeah. Uh, he's in the Philippines right now. Uh- Sitting back with his banker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and 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 and, and it just it just you know I, I I look at it last two rounds per se. Uh, Pacquiao didn't come out with desperation, knowing that he had to have um, something that resembled a knockout. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, going into the last two rounds, and he he just didn't didn't come forth. No, he 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 really didn't. He didn't he didn't show any desper- desperation, and I, I thought he would have um, shown a, a lot more desperation. And 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 you know, when he, when you look at the statistics, uh, stats from the um, from the fight, um, Pacquiao only connected on like nineteen percent uh, of the of of his um, of his punches. You know, and I think that's 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 kind of sad. That's when major. You're fighting a champion. That's major. Yeah. Right. When we look at when we look at the statistics, the total punch punches thrown, Mayweather threw four hundred and thirty five punches. Pacquiao threw four hundred and twenty nine punches. Total punches landed. Mayweather landed hundred and forty eight punches. Pacquiao landed eighty one punches. Ooh, that's terrible. Yeah. Connection percentage. Mayweather had a 34%, 34%, and the connection percentage for Pacquiao, 19%. Jabs thrown, 267 jabs thrown by, by Mayweather. Pacquiao threw 193 jabs. Jabs landed, 67 jabs landed by Mayweather. Only 18 jabs landed by Pacquiao. Yeah, connection percentage, and this is this is almost crazy. He, um, um, Mayweather had a twenty five percent connection percentage, and Pacquiao had nine. So it, it it was not even close with the with the punches. 
that connected, you know, and I guess when we, nowadays we want to see a knockout or we want to see some physicality in a, in a boxing match. But if a guy only, if, if a guy only lands 81 punches in 12 rounds. Yeah. Come he's on. not going to win. No. Mocks the guy out. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and when we look at Floyd, he, he only lands 148 punches in, in uh in 12 rounds you know that that's that, these these statistics are not very good but floyd's overshadow um um pacquiao's uh statistics in in the in the fight you know so i i, I as much as i'd lo- love to say that uh pacquiao um should have um won he did he shouldn't have won please he didn't do enough to win as far as I'm concerned, in this fight. Didn't do enough to win, Coach. You don't beat a champion by being close. <laughs> no, you don't beat a champion by, by, by being close, but... He wasn't, just, close. he wasn't even close. No, no, he, he, he wasn't close. He wasn't close. And, he, and you know, and you hear... And I watched the fight with, um, with, with Pacquiao fans and Mayweather fans. Uh, and it was probably about an even even amount. Um, this guy had the fight over his house, and uh, he charged ten bucks. I gave him twenty because I had a little bit of food while I was there, and um, I may have even consumed a, a beverage while I was there. But it was worth the twenty bucks for me to see the fight in a big screen, high definition. It was very nice. wasn't a whole lot of people there. Nobody was real rowdy. Um, it, it was very entertaining, and I saw it from beginning to end. I got there at about eleven. 11.30, fight started probably around 11.45. So it, the evening was very nice. It was over around 1, 1.15. Uh, but the fight itself just was not what, um, what we expected. And, 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 and after the fight, um, uh, Mayweather said, this is it for him. This will be his last. He, no, he says he has one more fight. Uh, on his contract, he signed, a, I think, a, a, a multi-fight deal with um, Showtime or whatever, whichever one of those, um, Showtime or HBO. But he, he says he has one more fight under contract with them. He's going to have that fight, and that's it. He will not fight again. Well, I'll give him, if he wins, I'll give him 49-0. and 0. And, uh, I mean, you can say all you want. He did enough to win, and... Uh, and made the big bucks. I just don't know who's going to fight him. Oh well, he who I think he he already said the name that the um, person he's going to fight next. So um, oh, did he? yeah, it um it, it it doesn't surprise me that um that that it's, this is it for him, you know. So uh, I I, 30, I think what was that, coach? He's he's thirty eight. Yeah, he's thirty eight years old. You know, he needs to think about. Doing something else with his life now. Hey, <laughs> yeah, hey, he should do something else. Uh, he uh, say he should do something else with his life. Well, he should be set, I would think. You know, yeah, hey, hey, he's worth like what three hundred million. He should he should be set, coach. Huh? You know, unless he's unless he's just really a, a fool. You know, I, I guess you would have to either gamble all of that money away. You know, I know he likes to gamble, but I don't think he's. Um, I think he's set. I, I, don't, I don't think we'll hear about the stories that we hear about from some of these other fighters uh, from from Mayweather. I don't. I don't think we'll be hearing about his house being.
fought by a rapper. Yeah, yeah, I don't either. And the thing about it is, though, he's kind of extreme and all, you know, what has he got, like 19 cars or something that all are over 50 grand? I mean, give me a break. Hey. I guess there's one for every day. Um, Gordon. Yes, sir. Just, just out of curiosity, if you wasn't married and you had three kids and you was worth, say, $328 million. Yeah. You think you'd have $3 million worth of cars? No. Really? Well, I mean, maybe I would, Daryl, if that was Okay, but I mean, that's why Floyd got him, because maybe you would. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Damn, Coach. That's why Floyd got $3 million worth of cars, because if, if you had that kind of money, maybe you would have $3 million worth of cars. So, hey, man, come on. If I was 38 years old with three kids and 300 million dollars in my pocket, I'd probably not only, I see, I'd probably not only have $3 million worth of cars, Coach. I'd probably have $3 million worth of cars and maybe $20 million, or no, probably more than that, about $50 million in houses all around the world. And I'd have to have a private jet or two, you know. I'm thinking like Floyd now. Damn, I need to stop doing this. Hey, Coach, the thing about it is we hear so much because of the draft, which we're going into next, these kids getting all this money, but it's nothing in comparison to that, you know. These kids have become millionaires, but most of them, you know, maybe a million, a million two, a million three, but they're not going to have multi-millions. No, Coach. And, and just think, you know, this this man probably, uh, Floyd Mayweather, made um, what Peyton Manning has made in his entire career in one night. Yeah. You know, and that's how, I guess that's how we look at it. Here's here's a man that's played football for, what, like 18 years, something like that, 16 years? And here here he, here Floyd Mayweather, a, a, a fighter, makes what he made in his entire career in one night. And that's what really disappoints me with guys like Mike Tyson and uh, Evander Holyfield, you know, to see them um, lose their money like that. Yeah, you know, and, and go broke, you know, and I, you know, it, it, I saw a fighter um, uh, actually go through this um, many years ago in the 80s, Aaron Pryor, you know, he lived in Miami, and, uh, and I used to hear the tales of him actually losing his money, and he had millions, you know, and, and, I, and I, I, I really didn't understand it, and didn't really know, because I didn't know him, but I knew friends would tell me, and people that I knew that associated with him would tell me that this man is just really just pouring his money down the drain, man, and his was, uh, um, um, crack cocaine, that's what really took Aaron Pryor down. And he'll tell yourself that he had a serious crack problem living in Miami in the 80s after beating uh, uh, Alexis Arguello, um, just, you know, and being the world champion. Um, so I've seen that happen. But I, I don't know if when I hear these stories of people swindling them out of their money, that that is just, I find that unbelievable because if nothing else, you're going to keep up with your money. Yeah, yeah. You know, come on. Yeah. The numbers got to say the same thing every week. You know, come on. Every week I want to know how much money I got in the bank. Uh, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand it. You know, I, and you hear these guys talk about they lose their money. How could you? How could you? You mean your bank account changed dramatically overnight? It, it, mm, I don't no. see it. No. no. 
But, hey, Coach, um, we have four minutes to break. And um, even though this was not a very entertaining fight, um, when we look at the world of boxing now, I don't perceive anything being much more entertaining after Floyd Mayweather is gone from the world of boxing. I don't see any up-and-coming boxers that's going to ignite us and make us buy pay-per-view um, like we did with this fight. And maybe that's why America um, um, was so diligent about um, buying this fight is because, hey, when, when, when are we going to see another big fight like that one? We're not. And, Daryl, that might be the reason you've got MMA and all these other uh, venues that aren't boxing that have come on the scene and kind of stole a little bit of their thunder. Yeah, I would agree. Um, MMA has, has um, they've, they've stole some of the thunder, but it's still a, a gory sport that people uh, just don't tune into. You know, um, some women will look at a boxing match where, where they're just not going to look at someone get their jaw dislocated or someone have a, a crown on their ear that's, three inches thick, almost about to burst. Uh, they just they just don't want to see that. And I don't personally uh, want to see that. It's just too, too right. bloody, blood and guts. And, um, um, Way too graphic. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, it's too brutal. And, and, and I, I, I'm, I just don't think America and the world is, is ready for that. We look at boxing as still a, a sport, per se, and um, we don't, I don't think... Um, a lot of people look at the MMA as a, as a brutal sport, uh, more or less uh, a, a fight to the death almost. And and I think that's probably what's going to possibly so slow MMA down is uh, if someone is going to be horribly hurt in the ring because of the um, the brutality of this sport. Yeah, I agree. I yeah. agree. Yeah. So. And I, I really think boxing um, is, a, is is still is still the money maker, but we just don't have the athletes pursuing this sport like I think um, we do in in other sports. And, and as a matter of fact, I think we have kids pursuing MMA more than we have them pursuing um, boxing. And and I wonder why that is, Coach. Well, I think Daryl that they think that's the new um, sport. They, uh, they, uh, you know, I think they've got one or two things in their mind. One is I think it's easy to get in the sport. I don't think you have to do a lot of training. You know, you can, you know, I mean, I think some of them do train well. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is they don't do like a, a Mayweather who, you know, 24-7, 365 days a year. The guy's been doing it year after year after year. And uh, working on his skills, you know, you know, you saw the fight, so you know that, you know, if you're within two feet of a guy and he can't hit you, that means you're pretty skilled. Right, and I and I agree, coach. And I think the skill level between boxers and MMA, those are the guys, and maybe that's what draws a fan to that sport too. Two guys toe to toe beating their he double hockey sticks out of each other is more appealing to some people than than the art of boxing, bobbing and weaving, shaking and moving. Hey guys, we're gonna be back right after these messages with more sports information. Go, 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 go. 
your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoun3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. You know, Coach, um, the NFL draft started on Thursday um, didn't end until Saturday. Uh, you know, and a lot of guys from the state of Florida left the draft. Um, first, the first player for in this year's draft was um, you know, went Jameis Winston from the University of Florida State University. Went to the Buccaneers. You know, uh, and I'm and I'm wishing Jameis well. Six four, two hundred thirty one pounds. Hey, the, the the kid, he's a stud. I really think he is the best quarterback in this year's draft. I think um, because he's played under center, because he's played in a pro-style offense, um, because he's a winner, for one thing, I really think this kid is going to come in and possibly, I'm not going to make a definite on this, but I really think he can make an impact on what Tampa Bay has right now. Oh, I agree. I think that's what Lovey saw, uh, that this kid is one of those, you know, definitive kids that you put him in the lineup and, He's going to try to find a way to win. And, uh, you know, if he can keep his off-field, you know, stuff out of the mix, I think he'll be an ex. I think he'll be as good as uh, Luck. Well, I, I think so, too. And when you look at what Tampa Bay did, you know, they not only did they take Winston in the first round, they took two offensive linemen in the second round. You know that that lets you know they they really making an effort for this young man to have some to have some um, some stability, success. yeah, and success exactly. So uh, I'm, I'm wishing him well, and uh, you know we we talk about him and stupid things. Um, I guess not long after the draft, he tweeted out a picture of him and a plate of crab legs. You know, Tampa Bay encouraged him to take that down right away, which he did. He did, but hey. He's a kid. He's a kid, and he got a four-year deal. He got a four-year deal, so he's a millionaire. 
Yeah, but is that who, who is that who we want the 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 run our team? That who we want to run this 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 uh, hundred million dollar, couple hundred million dollar franchise? Uh, is that who we really want to to be the face of 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 the team of the Buccaneers of the city of Tampa? You know, uh, and he has to grow up quick. And really, these kind of things just can't just can't keep happening. I mean, these little things make a big difference. How we look at him. The fan base is going to see this as not good. You know, the fan base is going to say, hey, here's this kid still flaunting his college days mess-ups. And that's what it was. It was a mess-up in his college days. And for him to do something like that, that was uh, whoever suggested it to him or he suggested it to himself was a huge mistake. You know, I, I I would agree, and um, but moving on, Coach um, Mariota went second, like everybody thought. You know, um, the Titans took him second, and I guess they're going in another direction as far as quarterback is concerned, because uh, Mar- Marcus Mariota is is the future of the Titans. You know, all this story about um, whether Chip Kelly was going to give up all of his draft picks to move up to take him. Uh, with the number two pick, none of that stuff happened. Marcus Mariota went to um, the Titans with the number two pick. And how, how well do you think he's going to do there? I don't think he's going to do well at all, Daryl. I think it's going to take him a year or two to learn to play under center, to read defenses. You know, it's not easy in the NFL at all. You see guys that have a better background. I mean, there's no doubt the kid's a great athlete, and he doesn't throw a bad ball. But he's always been in the pocket. You know, he's always been away from the center. And so I think unless Libby and them are changing their offense completely, I think they may have some problems. Yeah, you know, um, it, it's, it's hard to say um, what's going to happen with, um, with, with Mariota, you know, and, and maybe because of the system that he played in um, at Oregon – it was. It does. A lot of times, these systems don't convert to the NFL. You know, we, we've seen this in the past. However, we, we've uh, we've seen some quarterbacks come in the NFL with athleticism and have a lot of success. Robert Griffin III is a name I'll throw out. He came from a system in Baylor um, um, that a lot of people said, "Well, hey, will he be able to adapt to the NFL?" In his first year, because of his athleticism. I think he adapted very well. Um, NFL actually adapted to him well, too. You know, so they caught up to his game. Mariota, maybe he can jump out quick and keep adjusting as the NFL makes adjustments to his game. I really think that because of his athleticism, he's going to help Tennessee. Um and like I said, maybe maybe he can get out quick, and with his with his mobility and the things that he could do on with with uh, rolling out, um, the things that he could do in the pocket with his agile agile moves, uh, maybe he can um, keep on progressing and um, not allow these NFL defensive coordinators to catch up to his game, coach. Well, I, I hope you're right, Daryl, because I kind of like the kid, but I think it's going to be real, real tough. I think. What we're looking at is a big learning curve that, you know, maybe they should really try to, you know, maybe they should think, hey, you know, Aaron Rodgers didn't play for the first couple of years behind Brett Favre. 
And I'm not saying uh, Zach Lindenberg is at four, but if he could, you know, give him a year or more of serviceable quarterback play, then maybe the kid could could grow into the position because I think that's what he's going to have to do. Well, he won't be getting another year of Zach uh, Mettenberg. Um, he he just came out last year in in, in the draft, and uh, he did not produce. So he's only a year ahead of this young man. This young man stayed in college an additional year to win the Heisman Trophy and be in the position he is in right now um, as far as NFL quarterbacks being drafted. So I'm I'm really happy with um, – with him going into going with going going to the Titans, and I really think that um, that he'll be able to um, to go in and, and he's well. There's no doubt he's going to have to play right away. That's that's without question. So he's gonna he's gonna suffer some 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 bangs and bruises and and some hard knocks because he's going to a team that's not very good, and um, he he's gonna have to start at quarterback. Well. I hope you're wrong because I don't think he's up to it. Yeah, he he has no choice, Coach. Um, you know they're spending a lot of money on him. They're putting their franchise in his hands. Um, he he he's the man. Yeah. Yep. And I I think I think he'll do all right. Yep. And I really think you know. Ken Wisenhunt has has produced some very good quarterbacks um, in his days, and I'm you know you're talking about um, this is Philip Rivers' mentor. You know he yeah. Philip Rivers has all the confidence in the world in in him, and uh, and I really think that he's he's probably drooling at the mouth at what he's going to be able to do with uh, with Mariota. So I think he had a lot to do with this pick. Uh, and all of that, Philip Rivers uh, talk coming to um, Tennessee because he'll be close to home. We could put that to rest now. Uh, he has oh, yeah. his quarterback. This is who's going to be. I think he got a good one too. I really do. Yeah. I hope you're right I, for the kids' I, sake. Yeah, I really do. Now, coach, what do you think about the Jaguars at the third pick? They took um, um, Dante Flowers out of the University of Florida, outside linebacker. I'm kind of worried about the guy, coach. To be honest. Is it because you think um, an outside linebacker is a position that if you're not Lawrence Taylor, uh, you shouldn't be taking that high? Well, I don't think so much that is is the fact that I'm not sure. He didn't really have a breakout. He, he had a better junior year than he had a senior year. Well, maybe that's why they took him because of um, what he did his um his junior his junior year, you know, I, I was actually um, pretty happy with um, the Jaguars draft, but I, I was I was a little disappointed with the first pick. Uh, I would have loved to see them take the kid Cooper out of Alabama with that first pick. I think they really needed a, a spark plug at that position. Um, I just really I think that and and you would have really just did so much for the confidence of their young quarterback going into his second year. Right, I so I was a little you. disappointed. And and when we look at um when we look at the Florida Gator players that have that have come to the come to the um, Jacksonville Jaguars, and it it's only about um um it's 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 only about forty forty miles that separate the University of Florida's campus and um, the Jacksonville Jaguars facility. 
the Jaguars have not had very much success. You know, the, the two of the best players that, I, that come to my mind is Reggie Nelson and, um, and Fred, Fred Taylor. Taylor. Fred Taylor had a wonderful career in Jacksonville. Reggie Nelson has had a better career in, um, in Cincinnati than he ever did in, um, in Jacksonville. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, um, but now if this kid turns out to be something special off the edge, then that'll be good. That yeah, that that will be good. Uh, they, that will that will be very good. And I, I can't wait to see. I hope he does. Um, but when, when we when we look back at the 2008 and 2008, Jacksonville took um, at, with the number eight pick. They put, they took Derek Harvey, a defensive end out of Jacksonville, out of University of Florida. Never panned out. Kid never no. never did anything in the NFL. Um, basically. Uh, I think I'm not sure if he's still um, bouncing around. So, and that was the last time they, they they took a player from University of Florida. So, it's it's hmm. we'll it's a, wait and see. Yeah, and and it will be interesting, Coach. Yeah. Well, I think the the, the big draft was uh, at number five. Uh, Cooper, you know, the Oakland Raiders got Cooper at number five, and I think he's going to be. Something really special. I might be wrong, but I got a yeah. feeling it's going to be something special. He he did go down. He did drop down to the Raiders. But you know, before we leave the Jaguars, um, the Jaguars did get one of the probably the probably one of the most productive players we're going to see out of this out of this draft. And um, that's this kid T.J. Yeldon, that running back out of um, out of North. Alabama. Yeah, out of Alabama, right. Yeah, I think I think he's going to be something special uh, because he never was hurt. He was always a constant. He catches the ball well out of the backfield. So I think you're right. I think Daryl, that he's one of those sleepers that is going to make you look like you're smart about your draft. I I, I would agree. And and they also went out and got um this kid, uh, Rashad Green. Um, Jameis Winston, the Heisman Trophy winner two years ago, his favorite target at Florida State. Kid, 5'11", 182 pounds, but he's he's a very good route runner, good hands. I think they got something with that fifth round pick um, in in Rashad Green. Yep. So I, I think I think the Jaguars um, did themselves some good in this year's draft, and um and, I, and I'm, I'm I'm excited. I, I right now T.J. Yeldon is best running back. On uh, on Jacksonville squad, and that's because Toby Gerhardt to me is not a good running back. No, he's, he hasn't shown anything. Yep, yeah. And the Raiders got uh, Cooper with the fourth pick, coach. Was it the fourth or the fifth? Yeah, he Amari Cooper went to the Raiders with the fourth pick. Yeah, uh, okay. yeah, yeah. And and huh, wow, that that's who I really thought the Jaguars were uh, were gonna was gonna take, and I, I thought they should have taken him. And I think they would have did themselves and the city. I mean, the city would have just uh, would have been so yeah. excited to have this kind of, a, 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 I guess, talent. Yeah. Yeah. In a skill position. He's, he's, he's what we call a skill position player coming to this town. I think it would have, he would have did a lot for the for the city, for the stadium. I just we, we missed out on that one. I'm disappointed. And I think, Coach, that when you look back, over the years, you know, he's going to be like a Jimmy Smith, you know, great route runner, 
you know, hard worker, every day show up, you know. So I think I think he's going to be something special for him. Oh, I, I really think so too. I really think I really think he's going to be something very special. Um, but you know, when we look at what the what the Raiders did with the draft, though, they got this kid out of University of Miami, Clive Warford, tight end, six four, two fifty one. I had a lot of people thought he would have been a higher draft pick last year if he had come out. Um, he's he went in, in the third round. I think that's going to boost their offense when you get a, that that kind of tight end. Um, who I think this kid probably got into a rut. Last year didn't work as hard. I think him being in the pros, I think, is going to help his work ethics, and I think he's going to be challenged to be a better player. I'm talking about Clive Warford, and I think we're going to see something real special out of that kid, Coach. Uh, so I think I think the Raiders did themselves a favor with getting him with their third pick and um, Amara Cooper with the first pick. Well, I think you're right on both of those, and that's definitely going to give Carr some weapons he really needed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, um, Coach, you know, the Redskins, they went with an offensive lineman. Yeah, which is probably good. But, I mean, I thought they could have gone a little later on the offensive lineman, but maybe not. This kid is the best offensive lineman in the draft, I thought. Brandon Sheff? Yeah, he's a a beast. Yeah, and he he was the first offensive attitude. He's got a nasty attitude, and uh, once he locks up, you're you're history. Yeah, yeah, and and, he, and he's huge, you know. And, oh. and and we we've seen drafts in the NFL where these have been the first two players taken in the draft. You know, huge offensive linemen, six 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 three, no six 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 five six seven. 330 on down to 319. Those are the kind of guys we've seen taken uh, first in the NFL draft as far as offensive linemen are concerned. So it, didn't, it doesn't surprise us when we see them from Iowa and, uh, and Wisconsin. They, they produce these kind of guys. Yeah, and that's what their mentality is. Yeah. And, hey, and, you, and you're fortunate to have a couple of them on your, on your offensive line in the NFL. And if the if the Redskins get back to what they were, you know, you know they they would pound you, and uh, uh, this kid would be real detrimental. Definitely, and 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 they do have a, a very good running attack uh, with that kid Alfred Mars. But this is actually has to help Robert Griffin's psyche. You know that they went out, they just signed, renewed his contract. And here they are going out and get an offensive lineman with their first pick. You know, this has to do something for his psyche, make him, hey, feel good about the organization. Um, and, and, and know that the team, hey, they're they doing this to, to support you, man, to make you a better quarterback and make this team a better offense. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to get an opportunity to win because now you've got support cast. Yeah, yeah. Hey, but Coach um, – this was the biggest surprise to me, um, Leonard Williams going at number six down to the New York Jets. Uh, you know, I, I was very surprised that um, that this 6'5", 302-pound defensive end went this low. I thought he was probably going to be around three or four. But, um, hey, 
We'll talk about Little Williams, and we'll talk a whole lot more about this NFL Draft first round 2015. When we get back on the Sports Info UM radio show, you're listening to Voice America Radio. flagship station for sports voice america sports are you ready to talk sports with a passion get ready for cheap shots with luther broughton and micah warren we'll start off with the nfl pretty much always but the talk moves along from there we'll talk about the events of the week opinions from the big names and predictions of what's to come plus we'll get to hear from you the ultimate fan don't let the name of the show fool you we're in it for the good stuff Cheap Shots can be heard live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoun3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back to Sports Info Coach, what's going on with this NFL draft? <clears throat> you know, um, I think it turned out pretty good, Daryl. I think you're right. I, I I really do think it turned out pretty good too. You know, um, I think we had a lot of winners um, in this year's draft. You know, but I, and I and I think one of the biggest winners in this year's draft was the New York Jets um, getting having an opportunity to take Leonard Leonard Williams from USC, defensive end, six five three zero two. I think they were one of the biggest winners in this year's draft. I think Todd Bowles, being a defensive minded coach. And having an opportunity to take this kid who was predicted to possibly the third pick, I think they did themselves a lot, a lot, a lot of good taking him. I agree, I agree, and he's one of those difference makers that you got to have on your team. Yeah, oh, oh, definitely. And uh, you know, they took a wide receiver from um, from Ohio State, their best wide receiver, Devin Smith. I think this kid is a big time playmaker. Uh, he was taken in the second round. Early in the second round, fifth player taken in the second round. He he is a difference maker for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, some people thought that uh, Rex didn't spend enough time uh, doing a real good job on the draft when he was with New York, and I think he's really done a much better job with Buffalo. Well, what do you think about this um, this Bryce Petty pick, quarterback out of Baylor? Um, 
they took him in the fourth round. Uh, what do you what do you think this does for the situation in New York with with Geno Smith and the Jets? Well, Coach, I'm gonna tell you something. I don't think Geno is gonna be the answer for him, but uh, that's just my opinion. And uh, this kid is a player, you know, and they did get him at the right time and for the right price. So do you do you think this kid will come in and stir the pot? You think you'll have a chance to oh, come yeah. in and oh, yeah. and, uh, and 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 work for the starting job? I do, and I think he will too, especially with this this being a rookie coach, head coach. You know, I'm not going to call Ty Bowles a rookie coach because he was the interim coach for the Miami Dolphins one time, but this is his first time being the head coach of um, of this team of a team, and I think he's going to come in with. A, Everybody has a clean slate, you know. And if you show them what you show them what it takes, you might be that Russell Wilson. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, I agree with you totally. And yeah. that's what they need. You know, they need. And on Buffalo had a pretty good season. You know. Yeah. Hey. So so Bryce Petty, he's going to have a chance to, to to show what he can do. Now, what he does with that opportunity, maybe he's going to be one of those spread offensive coaches, quarterbacks that every every play he got came from the sideline from a card, and he never called the plays. Everybody in the on the line of scrimmage knew what the play was going to be because we they all looked to the sideline to see what the play was. You know, how does he convert that to the NFL huddling up? making play calls, reading the defense, not just one person on a defense, but the entire defense. We want to see, are you going to be able to find your first read, your second read? Are you going to make it to your third? These are things that um, Bryce Payne is going to have to be able to do going into um, the NFL. So it's going to be a challenge for him. And uh, maybe Geno Smith has, has seen those things, and he's going to be able to do them this year better than he did last year, Coach. Well, if he does, then maybe he keeps his job. If he doesn't, he, he's he's down the road. He's another mistake that the Jets made. <laughs> well, the the um, the Bears, I think they really had to to replace Brandon Marshall, and they went out and got a got a big time receiver. This kid, Kevin White, six three, two fifteen, out of West Virginia. Yeah, and he's got great speed too, coach. He's not bad size, but he's got great speed. Yeah, he he does have great speed, you know. And and, and it's a um, it's it's this theory on him is that um, he's he only played on the right side at West Virginia, right. right? You know, and when we look at this kid Trayvon Austin who plays for the Rams, he only played on the right side while he was at West Virginia. And Trayvon Austin has not really panned out to be a, 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 a that receiver we thought he was going to be, maybe because he was running back and wide receiver in college. But is this going to be a, a situation for this young man that he's going to have to adjust to playing multiple positions in the pros where in college his entire career he only played on one side of the ball? I agree. I think that's just like a quarterback that doesn't play under center. Because we talk quite a bit about that, quarterbacks not playing under center. This could be a situation that's going to be something they're going to have to adjust to in the NFL. Some do it well, some don't adjust so well. So is this something we're going to have to look at or something we should be looking at with his career going forward, especially this first year? 
Well, when he has to line up in a definitely going to be. You know, Coach, uh, the learning curve in the NFL is huge. Yes. If if you even if you come from a great pro system, it's still different terminology, uh, different mindset, and the defenses you face are so much faster and quicker that regardless of what your physical ability is, it's different. And uh, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see how often they put the kid over on the left side and make him be out of his comfort zone. It'll be interesting. It, it will be. Yeah. It, it, it'll be very interesting, Coach. So, um, and how is how is he going to adjust when they say uh, uh, trips left? You know? Is he going to be able to adjust? Is he going to trips left, motion right? You know? I, I, it's, that's something we're gonna. It's gonna be a wait and see. I hope. I hope this is not a situation for this young man. I'm pulling for him. I like him. I think he had a great career at uh, at West Virginia. Now this pick here really, really, really took me for a loop. The Falcons took Vic Beasley, outside linebacker from Clemson, six three, two hundred forty six pounds. I just find it really difficult to see guys play that position at two hundred forty six pounds, knowing that it's a possibility with the way we train and the way these guys train in the NFL. He might be 238 by the time the first preseason game start. Or, Coach, he might be 258. Yeah, that could be true, too. And how is he going to handle 258? Is he going to be able to play outside linebacker when, when Darren Sproles coming at him at 258? When he only played at 238 in college and 246, 248? I, I just I, I think this is going to be a project, and I don't like to see teams pick projects um, – in that with with their eighth pick, I hope this kid works out, and I'm going to watch his career because I'm really thinking that um, the Falcons may have made a mistake taking him so high. Well, coach, I think that he's a good edge player. I think uh, what's going to happen is they're going to put his hand in the dirt and tell him to get the quarterback, and I think that's what's going to be his first. You know, I don't think he's going to be an every down player at first, but uh, on passing situations. I think they're going to put his hand in the dirt and tell him to go get it. And uh, he's got some incredible speed and moves, and I think that's what's going to make this kid uh, be able to um, survive in the NFL, and and, and especially for the uh, – the Falcons just didn't have a pass rush, Coach. That was one of their biggest problems. Hey, well, it's, it's a wait and see with Vic Beasley. And, uh, and I'm – I'm I'm still skeptical about that pick. I, I really am. And uh, so, you know, University of Miami, um, their first player that got taken off the board was um, Eric Fowler, Flowers, um, offensive guard, um, 6'6", 329. Um, the Giants took him. I, you know, I think this is a very good pick. A lot of people didn't think he'd go this high. A lot of people think, thought he'd be a, a second-round pick. But um, he was taken in the first round, and um, I'm I'm happy with this guy with the way he, where he was taken. I think he's going to be a very productive offensive lineman. Um, when you look at University of Miami offensive linemen in in the NFL current and past, um, they've produced some pretty good offensive linemen. Very and, good, Pro Bowl. And Tom Kaufman hadn't really made too many mistakes with the offensive line in his career. He usually, when he gets a guy, he's got a a definite mindset of what this kid's going to do. 
and uh, how he's going to use him. And so it'll be interesting, but I think you're right. I think he might have been the offensive lineman uh, steal uh, that, uh, to be quite honest, the Giants needed. I, I think this is going to make a world of a dis- difference for uh, for the Giants. So they already have one of the best wide receivers in the game. Um, if Eli can rejuvenate some of his old Eli-ness, um, Giants going to be all right. Well, I agree. I think with Cruz coming back and, you know, I think what's going to happen is they're going to have some weapons that are going to make everybody uh, be worried. I, I, I would agree. You know, um, the Rams took Todd Gurley, Coach. Um, you thought that Todd Gurley would go um, go in the first round. I actually was a little unsure about him going in the first round. Um, and and I'm, I'm and I guess when you look at it, uh, the Rams could take Todd Gurley in the first round. Um, they took the running back from Auburn last year in the first round, so they have a first round pick running back. Now, and Coach, I think. Uh, Gurley is 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 definitely uh, a step up. I think if he can stay healthy, which is a question mark, but if he can stay healthy, I think he's one of those uh, guys that get definitely get you yards after impact. Oh, impact! He's he's a great receiver coming out of the backfield. He does a lot of things for you. Um, I mean, he can really do a lot of things for a team. So, I think. Um, I think I think he's going to be a very productive uh, player for them, Coach. I agree. I yep. completely agree. Yep, I, I really do. So it, it doesn't surprise me that um, that he was taken so early, coming off of an injury at Georgia like he was. No, I agree. I think it was. Uh, I think Jeff Fisher has shown over the years to be. A pretty savvy draft guy. I mean, that's why he's been in the league so long. Yeah, and yeah. Over the uh, yeah. years, he's he's turned some silk purses into silk purses. <laughs> yes, he has, coach. Yeah. So I, I really think that um, Gurley is going to have an opportunity to go to go to the Rams and 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 get healthy. You know, I mean, get very healthy, and that's what he needs to do, and because yeah. he he is definitely a premier um, running back at his at his highest level when he's healthy. Um, so I, I I'd love to see him um, get healthy and and come back. Yep. Yeah. So um, you know, and when we look at uh, the top ten picks um, from this year's draft, I would have not expected Todd Gurley to be in that top ten. But um, it it doesn't surprise me that he is because a healthy Todd Gurley would have probably been in the top five picks coming out of this year's draft because we haven't seen a running back like that at Georgia um, in a long time. I mean, probably since Garrison Hurst or maybe even before that. I'm not going to throw him into that Herschel Walker kind of category, but uh, I will throw him in the Garrison Hurst uh, category at running backs. And I, and and um and 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 um. Terrell, Terrell, um, Terrell Hill, that one that played with Denver from Georgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think he's in that kind of category. But and he will, I think he can be some, do some damage in the NFL as well, Coach. I agree. I hope they give him a chance to get well. You never know. 
because yep. uh, we do know that with uh, with first round top ten pick, you, you expect he's going to expect top ten money, and they're going to expect him to get on the field as quickly as possible. You know, coach, as much as Jameis Winston meant to to this week um, in the state of Florida, coming to Tampa Bay and becoming the first pick in the NFL draft in 2015. The University of Florida lost a great coach this this week. Uh, Billy Donovan, after 19 years and two national championships, went to uh, Oklahoma City to coach Kevin Durant and uh, and Westbrook, two of the best players in the world that play basketball. So I'm wishing Billy Donovan well, and and I'd like to say thank you, Billy Donovan, for all the champions for the two championships and the much success in taking Florida basketball to another level. I agree with you, Coach. He 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 gave him nineteen great years, and that was was a next step for him. And I'm glad he's doing it. Yes, that's true. And uh, hey, took he took the state of Florida basketball to another level. I mean, he made Florida he made basketball recognized in our state. So hey, he did something real special. Tiger Woods and Lindsey Vaughn. They're no longer together. They both wrote very polite letters about each other, how much they miss, going to miss each other's friendship, and this and that. Hey, man, this Tiger Woods dude, he need to just chill with the ladies, get his mind right on his golf game, find him a nice cablazing chick, and keep it moving, man. Coach, he needs a good, ugly woman. No. Nah. <laughs> He'd be too happy he had an ugly wife. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. But, hey, hey, anyway, Coach, Hey, it's always fun, and uh, it's been another good week at Sports Info UM. It's been a pleasure talking to you and talking about this NFL draft and the world of boxing. It's a whole lot more going on in the world of sports, Coach, and we'll talk about it next week here on Sports Info UM. Peace. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.